Hey everyone, and welcome to this special soapbox edition of the Risky Business Podcast. My name's Patrick Gray. As most of you know by now, Soapbox podcasts are wholly sponsored, and that means everyone you hear in one of these podcasts paid to be here. Our guest in this edition is Haroon Mir, industry legend Haroon Mir, who is the founder of Thinkst Canary. And this is just a really, really great interview. Uh, we're going to be walking through Think's new sensitive command token stuff, which is uh, actually super cool. And I, I think everyone should uh, probably have a play with it at least. Uh, and we're also going to talk about how you can use canaries in a structured way instead of just in an ad hoc way. Uh, as I say, this is a terrific interview. I hope you enjoy it. Here's Haroon Mir. So the sensitive command token is like like most of the tokens we try to put out, super simple, super simple to deploy, but genuinely adds value. And and so the logic, like if you ignore all of the stuff that happens underneath, the the logic comes from there's a bunch of commands we've known forever that only ever get executed by bad guys on the machine. So so you take someone running whoami.exe. Like, regular users almost never run that. There's just a whole bunch of commands that, that almost only ever run uh, once an attacker's compromised your machine. And, and so the question is, if we can get a reliable alert when that command is running on a machine, you get a heads up that says, listen, there's badness here and you should do it. And, and over the years, a few people have had this idea and, and there's bunches of ways that you can try to do it. But often that becomes so onerous or so heavy that nobody ends up doing it in practice. And, and what we've got here, um, Casey uh, Subti, who works with us, spent some time noodling on this. And, and he's ended up with a really slick technique, which is actually from an old Pentester blog. In, in 2018, uh, Odvar Mo wrote this blog post on how you could... Uh, he actually used it to to put binaries on a machine and get them executing. And and so Windows allows uh, this process almost for debugging, um, which are called global uh, image file execution options, which essentially say, attach it to Notepad. When Notepad finishes executing, do some stuff. And and so Odvar Mo used it to say, okay, when this executable finishes, now run my secret binary. So he was using it to, to run his, his malware. And what we can do is say, listen, when whoami.exe runs, send us a notification. And, and Casey and, and some of the team spent a whole bunch of time um, iterating on the original idea so that literally you could create this token and run it just once on your machine. And, and what you're running is, is a registry addition, uh, so, so it adds to your registry. And what it means is if that command ever runs on that machine, you get your notification. And, and there's a bunch of things that make it super slick, but, but probably the coolest is you go to canarytokens.org, you say, I want to track for whoami.exe, and we give you back this registry file. And you can run, import that same registry file on every machine in your enterprise. Like, like there's no more changes, literally just run this one import on, on all these machines. And when machine 32 in data center 51 executes whoami.exe, you'll get a notification telling you, listen, user Bob on machine code sign one just ran whoami.exe. And, and the good thing is if, if you choose that wisely, 
um, it's gonna be again really low noise and really high signal. Like like the example that that often gets abused but is totally true is you go back to taking your uh, when you're being solo winsded, um, and and this server that's sitting uh, in a closet somewhere in a data center somewhere suddenly starts running commands you should care about you get that crisp, clear notification that tells you um, you need to do something. So so yeah, uh, token-wise, we love it. It's free. Um, people should go check it out on canadiantokens.org. So just in terms of the rollout, though, how do you do that easily uh, across a Windows network? I'd imagine that you could do that centrally pretty easily on a Windows network. Yeah, right? exactly. You, you totally can. So, so whatever you're using uh, to manage your enterprise, you're literally pushing one command, uh, one registry import. So, so you can uh, put it in a bunch of places. And it, typically, our suggestion for for things like this is that people use it on critical segments. And and one of the things that's like like part of the reason I I love this token is it fits it, it fits so much of what we try to be right. Like it's it's totally using an attacker technique. It's a simple hack with high leverage. And, and I know our friends who uh, run EDR companies will go like, you can monitor for commands with EDR or you can monitor for commands with AV. And it's true, except there's lots of places that those tools don't go. So, so like if you a large broadcaster, you're not running EDR in your broadcast network. If, if you've got uh, PLCs and, and your OT network, you're not running um, uh, AV on those networks, but you can run a simple registry import that says, hey, if whoever I runs, tell me about it. And one of the quirks is you don't even have to tie it to an existing executable on that system. So, so you could literally say, if mimicats.exe ever runs, give me a notification. And and you get your no, your notice. And Sorry, just a quick quick nerd question there. Is it is it based on file name or do they, does it actually look at the file name in the signed binary? No, so it's it's one of the downsides of it, or, or one of the things that's that's uh, we wish would have been better. It it looks at the running file name. Okay, and, right. And so Cause, that's yeah, because these days these days a lot of developers, you know, they actually put the file name inside the binary, and that's all signed. Yeah, as part exactly. Of the thing and, no, so so this one using using the the framework that that Microsoft gives that that makes it like its file name, and and of course people will say, well, yes, now attackers will rename everything to a.exe. Yeah, but or they B. don't because they're lazy. And look, I mean, one of the most amazing yeah, exactly. things about all of this is I remember having this conversation. I'm going to say nearly 20 years ago about like <laughs> this this exact same thing. I still remember the conversation and. The problem with it, with it back then is, say, you know, early 2000s, the way most people were getting owned was through memory corruption, right? right. And when you mem-corrupt mem someone, you don't drop down to cmd.exe. You're, right. you're throwing, you're flinging your own shell and you are underneath all of that and, you know, this, this won't work. But these days, so many attackers... They're they're exploiting logic bugs. They're brooding pass uh, passwords. They're doing um, you know various types of phishing, and and they're living off the land. And That's of course, the they're going to start hitting up some of the some of the binaries that are just lying around on a machine. Like I'm even thinking IP config on a Windows box. Ex exactly. You know, I mean, how many users run IP config in their in their day to day, right? It, it, exactly right. And 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 the two things that you say there that are important is you're right. Like like in those days, all attacks were interpreter or MOSDEF or something like that. Um, living off the land is totally a thing. And and also the thing that says attackers do what attackers do. Like 
as a pen tester, like we almost reflexively used to type, who am I? Like, like you land on a shell, like almost the first thing you do is it, it's almost just the way you fidget is just like, yeah. who am I just to know it's muscle memory, man. Or, exactly. It's like, yeah. let's, let's make sure we are. And, and ages ago, I remember Zane Lackey doing a talk where he's, he literally picked on IP config saying like, listen, how many times do you think people run IP config in your org? Like they shouldn't. And, and one of the things we've always wanted with tokens is lots of things were good ideas. Like, like over the years, we gave lots of people good advice that said like, watch, like put in these details in a database and watch if they ever go on the wire. And if they do, you know, you've got problems. And all of those were like cute pen tester stories that nobody actually implemented in production because you need this whole host of things behind it. You need a robust alerting thing. You need to make sure that's up. And, and tokens, gives you this framework. So so like when Casey had this idea, he started fiddling and he tried different options, right? Like he started initially with Dosky, which is like really simple aliasing that said, okay, what if we just aliased net.exe to a bogus net.exe that first sent an alarm? And and that was the idea the with like a binary uh, for LS. Just for a directory it, listing, right? Like just, exactly just, turn, right. Like, just have a binary on a Linux box for LS that sends an alert and then gives you a directory listing. It, it's exact, the exact idea. Yeah. Exactly right. And and, and it's This is my pub conversation from circa two thousand and three. <laughs> but go on, yeah. Yes, it's it's super simple to do. And if you can make it easy enough for people to do, then they'll do it. And and he actually started with the DOS key version. And, and you see it trails off in usefulness because not all shells will will run that Dosky alias. And so he started looking for, for things that persisted better. But, but the logic for the defender is exactly the same. Attackers are probably going to be doing this. It's such a low cost to track for it. You might as well track for it. And when you get that alert, it's going to save you a whole bunch of pain. So, so for us, yeah, typical... Uh, Canary token value, um, we're happy with it. Yeah, no, it's it's great. And I, I want to tell a war story that I think I've told on the show before, but not everyone would have heard it, and even the ones who did probably forgot it, right? So let me just quickly dive into it. It's an airlock one, right? And they do the allow listing software. Uh, they were brought in after a serious, serious company uh, got owned by uh, an APT crew. Uh, operating somewhere in the Asia Pacific, gee, who could that be? Uh, but yeah, they got brought in uh, as part of the security uplift when they were mopping up after an APT uh, uh, hack, basically, right? So they rolled out allow listing on their servers first, and you know everything, everything's honky dory. Now, flash forward a few months later, and someone inside that org decided to open up RDP on one of their production boxes to the internet to let a vendor do something. The APT crew had been constantly watching their IP space, waiting for something like this to happen. They still had valid creds because these guys didn't think to rotate them. And then they got back on the box. Okay, so this is right. this is really, really bad. The way they got caught though was exactly through this sort of technique, which is they tried, and I love this, they tried to run WinRAR. Nice. And uh, it was blocked because it wasn't on the allow list and it flagged an alert that made someone at that org go, Hmm. Right. So right. exactly the same, exactly the same thing where when you're seeing just a human activity on a box that sh you should not be seeing, it is a high quality signal. Yeah. Especially, it's... especially on servers. 
Yeah, and and one of the things that that like people sometimes worry about is like, well, what if it false positives? And and uh, I think there's there's two ways to think about false positives because you certainly the industry has been bad with okay, we'll alert for everything, and now you've got a zillion false positives, and people hate that game and stop playing. But if you choose a high enough signal, like like one of the tokens I've spoken about a zillion times because I still love, is like if you take our AWS credential token. So take it, put it everywhere. If the AWS credential that was only on your server just got used to log into Amazon, it's worth checking. And occasionally it'll go off and the customer will check and they'll find out that a developer happened to be on that server, found the credential, thought it was unusual and they tried it. And like for my take, it's like, yep, that's fine. Like that happens once a year and every other time that it went off, you had a serious problem. And so yeah. it's still totally worth it. It's it's like not every false positive is terrible. Like some of them, like exactly this one, like, like finding out that your code signing server sitting in the basement, someone just ran ipconfig who am I.exe. It's worth that check. And if it that's turns why, out that's, that that's why I mentioned servers, and, and, and my next question was going to be, would you recommend people do much with this on the workstation side, or is this more of a server, uh, server-based no, canary, do you think? Or is it no, just going to be up to each person? Yeah, so so I think it's going to be up to each person, and, and it's one of the reasons that, that tokens are uh, fuzzier than, than canaries. Like, like, canaries have such a simple deployment story take them, drop them. If someone touches them, it's probably a problem. You can do tokens wrong. Like like if you take this token and monitor strange executables on everyone's workstations, you're going to find out two things. One is you're going to find out that your OS does a lot of stuff that you didn't know about. So, so yeah, like well, we, which is we, why I haven't suggested like trying to get notified every time someone tries to run PowerShell because it, like, exactly that's right. getting executed a lot in your average enterprise Windows network. Yeah, in, in fact, uh, when we built the token, we thought there was a really good candidate uh, uh, because it shows up in every uh, ransomware report, which is SH tasks. Except it turns out that that executes on your machine an awful lot without you knowing yeah. it. And, and so if yeah. you tag that, uh, you'd get alerts. So, so no, for, for all of the stuff, like, like our watchwords, uh, you shouldn't be getting dozens of alerts a year. You should be getting a handful so that you know you should respond to it. Um, and, and for something like this, you really want to go uh, light. But, but again, why is anyone running Who Am I? Like that shouldn't just be running on, on your production servers. It's worth checking out. Um, and and there's a bunch of other commands you can uh, you can watch for. We got some other stuff that we uh, that we want to talk about in this uh, in this wonderful soapbox edition. And <laughs> by the way, Harun, it's great to have you back in one of these because it is always, always nice. a great deal of fun. But uh, you know, you mentioned Sub T Casey Smith, who's now working for you, and he's written an absolutely cracking blog post uh, in which he outlines a few uh, case studies of how to use uh, you know canaries. And I think the first one is one of my favorites because it really does just break a red team workflow to a degree of which like, I I don't think people understand just quite how much this breaks uh, red teams, which is um, you just throw a hardware canary onto the VLAN for your guest Wi-Fi at your corporate campus uh, and you wait for someone to get on the guest network and start hitting it, man, because like any red team are worth their salt. That's going to be one of the first things they 
do. Yeah, it's it's super interesting. So so early on, almost everyone who tried us. So so I'm going back now, but but like all the people who tried us super early, it almost the first thing they try canaries on. Let's throw it on the guest Wi-Fi and see what happens. I'd you never know, heard that. Why have you never done marketing around this? It's such it, a cool idea. It's so so in truth, I used to uh, not love the idea because I used to think of it slightly like attacks outside your firewall. Like, like it's yeah. like, yeah, they're not getting so far. But but we've heard great stories. And in part, it's because people happily share them. So so even one of like the Silicon Valley unicorns talk about how, because typically what they catch is uh, not so much pen testers that we hear about, but what they get a lot of is the nosy person in the lobby or the consultant who's there for gig one gets Wi-Fi access and then starts probing around. And uh, one of the things that's interesting chatting to Casey um, and, and Casey was a customer for a long time uh, at this company where they used Canaries, is they used those also to train their staff for response. Um, and, and I actually didn't know that people did this till he spoke about it and, and we started speaking to more people. So they expected more attacks on those uh, Wi-Fi Canaries those, and they'd literally use it to train their staff to react like they should under fire. So it's like, okay, here's the alert. How do we track this down? Where is it coming from? How far has it gotten? Um, which is, yeah, it's a it's a smart way to go. And to his blog post, we're hoping in the future to publish a whole series of this. Like we periodically get really nice customers say, hey, we'd like to talk about what we did, but not talk about it. And, and so we're going to see if we can put a whole bunch of these uh, semi-anonymized uh, case studies up with people actually using Canaries in anger and uh, the value they got from it. But no. Uh, I'm actually really surprised to hear that you're not catching pen testers because I oh, know no, no. so many who uh, that's what they do. You know? No, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, just to be clear, we absolutely catch pen testers all the time. In, in fact, yeah, we just came back from Vegas and it's almost our favorite war story now because- No, no, but I mean specifically with the Wi-Fi. On, on the Wi-Fi, uh, no, you're right. So so we catch bunches of them. The, the stories that are more dramatic are the so so I'm I'm trying to see how one of the 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 large Silicon Valley darlings told us really early on of this dramatic story on exactly this Wi-Fi story, where they ended up uh, broadcasting to the TV in the uh, in the shared space that basically says, "Hey, consultant from Audit House, here's you. Here's the server you're touching. You should not be touching this." Um, and he says, literally, like those people were so well behaved after that, they thought security walked on water, um, which, yeah, again, it's it's just part of the thing. You you you're going to win and you might as well. Yeah. And it is it is one of those things that's like obvious in retrospect. But until I actually read this, I'm like, well, of course, you'd put one there. Uh, but um I don't know. I mean, you, you are going to catch a lot of just generally nosy people. But that's you know, that's kind of worth knowing, right? And that brings us to, you know, another case study that's in this blog post. And of course, I'm going to link through to it in this week's show notes, uh, which is, and this one's cool, right? So you've basically baked a canary into an executable. You've written documentation for the executable and you've put it somewhere where no one should be. And yeah. uh, on a network that no one should be on, Right. Right. And, uh, you know, this was something that, uh, that was at Casey's workplace and uh, they actually got an alert on that. Turned out to be an insider who 
like wasn't trying to rip the place off, but we all look, man, half the people listening to this podcast have that personality, right? Where they want to <laughs> go on a little adventure. You know, it's like right. urban urban exploration for even bigger geeks, right? Yeah. They want to they, they want to run the forbidden binary, you know? And uh, that, that that that's what happened. But but walk us through the scenario here because I, I think this one was really interesting. Yeah, there's there's several things that are interesting about this. So so uh, for a description of the event exactly like you say they, they drop this where nobody should get it. They put documentation pointing to it. And, and with segregation of responsibilities, people are very clear that nobody should be going there. Like this is a restricted area. And, and one of the things that I like about it is like, one of the things we always pitch about Canary is that lots of people who played in the deception space worried an awful lot about going with deep spy versus spy stuff. So so like literally you had people saying you need to have a uh, duplication of your production team. environment that yeah, the attacker exactly. gets like, switched into and it, Exactly and, and you have counterintelligence teams and they're doing this. And and the truth is everybody fantasizes about that. Nobody's got the time for that. And and what you saw in, in this environment of cases is they've done all the stuff, like they've they've covered all the bases and then at some point someone goes, hey, you know, we've got this. Why don't we also throw this in there? Like, like it's probably never going to fire, but let's do it. And, and he was pretty clear. They never thought they'd get a hit on this ever, except they did. And, and it's the other thing that's cool about Canary. So, so if you check our wall of like tweets, um, you, you'll see a, a bunch of people mention that that Canaries ended up letting them know when their change control failed because it ends up catching the like in AWS environments, for example, like nothing should ever hit this because our firewall rules mean nothing ever gets here. It's the stuff that you get owned with that you go, oh, we didn't even know that was there. And, and so we yes. get it literally all the time where someone goes, you know, we didn't know that those rules had changed until something hit the canary and then we're like, oh damn, like that's a problem or nothing should be in this environment. And, and that's why we place such a huge focus on crazy quick deployment. Because if you had the time, you would have validated all of those rules, you would have done all of that. And now you just go, look, let's just drop canaries. And if something changes there, uh, we'll know about it. So yeah, it, it worked for them. Uh, it was awesome. And, and, and one of the big lessons there again, like, like for us is when it comes to Canary's tokens and, and not just because we've got a vested financial interest in this, like use free Canary tokens if you have to, but, but we've made it so that they quick and work. And the point should be just do it. Like, like don't yeah. think too long about this because actually that's time you could have spent just doing it. Just do it, and actually, uh, if it works for you, you'll be glad. And, and in that case, that was an insider, wasn't it? Uh, it was, and, and so so it's a little bit sensitive, but but like, it yeah, it, it ended up with disciplinary stuff, and and uh, there's a whole yeah. So so it was legit, like like actual disciplinary hearings were held, and and we've heard cases now, like like. We don't we don't track uh, too many of the cases because I think uh, we end up getting involved at a particularly sensitive time for customers, but but we've heard cases now of uh, police being involved, of doors being kicked down and catching people in the act, and all of that stuff starts with a canary that chirps or a canary token that goes off. 
It's funny though, because like reading through a lot of this stuff, right, in preparation for this interview, you know, you always talk and you just did it then. Oh, look, it's easy. Just throw them around, right? It's fine. But, you know, when you read through Casey's post, it's, it's you know, it, it, he sort of has a much more structured way of thinking about it than yeah. than what it is that you, you know, the, than the way you it. typically talk about it, right? Because it's, it's more of a sort of strategy, which is, okay, think about where you want to put these things. One of the places where they put a canary, uh, which I just love, was in their, um, uh, you know, cyber insurance policy documents because <laughs> yeah. that's the first place the ransomware people go to see how much they can gouge you for. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I thought that was that was pretty interesting. But it seems like actually having a strategy, right? So you're talking everywhere from the guest Wi-Fi to some critical documents that an attacker is going to go for. You tripwire a few uh, commands and binaries that a, that an attacker might run and you put a, 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 you know, a forbidden binary that's loaded up with with a with an alert uh, in it right next to your crown jewels with you know with a sign on it saying uh, you know only run if authorized right. <laughs> basically but this this is there's different depths to it is yeah. what you're getting so at and it's it, it seems like part of a broader strategy so so I think that's a very interesting discussion and and I think you absolutely right and I'll slightly disagree with you like like I almost always do um, and, and what I mean by that is and and this is very much an intentional part of our design like like when the the marketing uh, pitch on it that that we say is that canaries should be absolutely useful in their default state and then allow you to do really complex stuff if you want to. And and so if you take like a, a typical canary, like these days, literally just plugging it in will give you a Windows box that should fit in in your infrastructure, that has file share, that ha has RDP. Chances are you're gonna catch a class of attacker with that. Even really good attackers. So I'm not even saying uh, complete fools. Like if there's really competent attackers on there, they'll they'll still fall for that. But then if you want to go Casey on it, if you want to go like we've got a competent team that's that's locked down everything else, you can upload your own web server route to it. You can upload your own C with a whole bunch of files. You can upload your own certificates to make it believable. You can create your own uh, TCP binary services on it. And, and so like our watchwords with Canary is that like the the Default should be trivially easy and like the complex stuff should be possible. And and we think net most networks need variations of both. And and so if you're just starting off, like literally our pitch is take five, drop them right now, take ten, it's gonna take you no time. And then as you get comfortable with it, you've caught people on your Wi-Fi, you've you've caught your people looking around, you start to get more nuanced with, hey, we can actually do this and get this alert uh, that that's really uh, going to show us our APTs. But yeah, absolutely. We, we think there's room for both and we try to hit both. I mean, I, I mention, you know, quite a lot that I talk to testers a fair bit. I mean, you know, the co-host of the regular show, Adam Boileau, like he's been a red teamer for a gajillion years. Um, also an exploit developer back in the day, but you know, he's, he's captain red team for the last 15 years or so. And I mean, I didn't have this conversation with him specifically, but like other people I've spoken to are like, yeah, you get into an enterprise environment that kind of does a good job and 
you do worry that the box you're about to tap is a canary. Like I've heard that before. It's, They're like, this is something that you have to actually slightly be worried about these days is because there's enough of them out there that your chances of running into them as a pro pen tester, are, you know, rapidly approach one, right? Pretty high. The probability rapidly, rapidly approaches one with, a, you know, uh, enough years in the industry. But what I find really interesting about these commands, this, this command token thing that you've done is, I mean, now they're going to have to worry about which, you know, running Who Am I yeah. as well, it's, which is just like, that's so good. It's pretty it's great. So good. It's delicious. It's, yeah, it's it, cruel, but it's good. No, it's it's pretty great for exactly that. And and we get the pen tester stories. Uh, like I say, we, we just back from Black Hat and the, the number of pen testers who come up honestly and just say like, your stuff catches us all the time. It slightly surprises me because uh, a part of me braced initially for more hate. And and actually, most pen testers no, are really it's... good sports about it. Yeah. It's, it, it... Because they're not used to like stuff actually catching them. Yeah. And it's encouraging <laughs> to them because they have very dark world views because nothing's really got yeah, that no, much no, better, it's, right? It's really surprising. But I, I, I think it's one thing, like I know a few people have been snapped. Like there's that whole new generation of like AI-based network detection, you know, things that we, we tend to give them a lot of shit. Yeah. But they actually do work in the right environments when they're configured properly. And yeah. it's one thing to be snapped by a machine, like a well-tuned machine learning model that cost them a gajillion dollars. But getting stung by a little plastic box <laughs> with a canary on it, like, that hurts a little. Yeah. Huge, well, surely, you know? we, we like, a, you'd be sitting there going, f***ing canary. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we had a, literally, we had a pen tester uh, this time. Uh, he's, he's actually the head of a pen testing company. And, and he came through and, and he told us, he says, like, listen, like, we've got mutual customers and he says now on an engagements like like those customers are like expected like okay will you win or will the canaries win and he's like we will get caught like that's what happens he's he's like what do you expect us to do we're gonna bump into them and 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 maybe they'll change their strategy like like there's always talk that that you kind of get fast flux like let's go in and out so quickly but again, like, that's what you want, right? Like, you want to be forcing them to change yeah. the game. Just making them jump through more hoops. And I've got a great marketing idea for you. You need a sticker with your cartoon canary yeah. that says, it, it's got the canary, but it's got a little bit of blood splattered on it. And it says, beware of the canary. <laughs> yes. I, we, I think that could we're work. We're making new t-shirts. Uh, I'll, I'll submit it. I think there's value there. <laughs> All right, Haroon Mia. Always a pleasure to chat to you and uh, I look forward to doing it with you again soon. Super look forward to it. Thanks, Pat. That was Haroon Mia there from Thinkst Canary. Big thanks to him for that. You can find Thinkst Canary at canary.tools. I do hope you enjoyed this one, everyone. Uh, I will be back next week with more security news and analysis. But until then, I've been Patrick Gray. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.